welcome everyone to a bonus episode of Nerdy Latina's podcast. This is Short Latina. I want to introduce five stories that you will be listening to in this episode today. It's five stories from five different women who share about their experiences with their mothers and openly discuss their mother-daughter relationship and the dynamics that they have with their own children. I want to thank every woman for sharing their story and being so vulnerable uh, and allowing us to learn from their lives. I think these stories are powerful and every woman's experiences should be listened to and heard. And I ask you to share them, um, comment, and send us a voice message about what this episode means to you. Thank you. I'm currently 23 years old and I'm currently studying for my, to get my master's of social work at the University of Chicago. I come from a family of immigrants. I was born in Mexico and I was brought to the U.S. when I was about eight months old. Um, so I've been li- I was living in California for most of my life until I moved to Chicago to continue my studies. And I come from a family of five, so it's both of my parents, my dad, my mom. I'm the middle child. I have an older sister who's 25, and then I have a younger brother who's 12. So for my undergrad, I went to UCLA, and I live in Santa Ana, which is in, in California, and that's like a, about an hour to two hours away from Los Angeles, depending on traffic, you know, and like what time you leave. And so that was, I think that was a lot harder for them than me coming to Chicago, even though Chicago is further. I was close enough to home to come home, you know, like when I wanted to, or when there were like family events that were happening, um, and they were like close enough to like come visit me when, you know, if they ever wanted to. My interactions face-to-face with them were definitely like less than obviously when I was living with them. When I told them that I wanted to come to Chicago, I think for them, they've always been very, it, when it comes to education, they're open to like having, you know, their children move away. And they've always told us like, you know, it's always it's obviously gonna be hard for us. It's gonna hurt us to have you be so far away, but if it's for your education, you do what you need to do. First half of my life, it was just me and my sister. That was hard for me because you could say my sister was like, you know, the good child and I was seen as like the rebel child by my parents. I always did well in school, but I would like to like go out with my friends, you know? I wasn't just about like school, whereas my sister was. And I feel like that my parents always kind of had expectations for me to be like her. Um, so that was definitely hard for me like growing up. Just, I feel like I was always compared to her. I always like placed like in her shadow. With my parents, they're not the kind of people that I can talk to about like things like sex or like all these things that you're like thinking about in your adolescence. So I knew that I couldn't go to them. And I really wish that I could go to my sister, but I guess I internalized a lot of the expectations that my parents had for her. So I didn't feel comfortable going to her either because I felt like she would just tell my parents. So me and my mom have like the same character. We, we're so stubborn, somos muy orgullosos también. Like we just are the exact same. Like in my teenagers, definitely we would clash so much because we would always put heads on everything. And so it's definitely changed a lot. Like back then we would just not be, honestly, we wouldn't be able to go like one day without fighting. And I think it changed once I went to UCLA. I think having like that space definitely helped us kind of grow close. Every time we were able to like meet up or to see each other, I think we were like both aware that, you know, we shouldn't spend that time arguing because we don't know when we're gonna see each other next. I wasn't expecting to go back um, and live with my parents again. And I think that they knew that. So that kind of helped our, our relationship kind of turn around. And now we, we still argue here and then, but it's before I feel like, I always felt bad because I felt like our our relationship like kind of divided our family because my sister would always take my mom's side, my dad would always take my side. I mean, my brother was little, so I feel like he never took sides when that was all happening. But um, yeah, we had like such a tumultuous relationship in my adolescence. She did tell us stories about how her mom didn't talk to her about her paid. So when she got her paid, she was like so scared and she didn't feel comfortable going to her mom, right? So she like shared that experience with us, with me and my sister, and she said, we, I don't want you guys to go through that, so that's why I'm going to tell you guys about it. So I did feel comfortable talking to her about that. 
So I did water polo for one one of like my high school years, and I, I you know I, I talked to her about temp because she was like she did show her like, how to put on a pad and she like bottles the pads and everything. But when I joined water polo, I was telling her like I'm, I'm, I think I'm gonna have to like use tampons because I had never used them before, and my mom was so against him was so against tampons because I mean she still is against tampons. She feels like she thought it was like maybe lose my virginity, and she just thought that it was like not right to use them. So that's like something that I had to learn on my own. Like she had never used them before, and she was like not about. She didn't want to teach me. She didn't. She was so against me using them. I mean, I told her that I was gonna use them anyway because I had to put water polo. Like we never started talking about sex until she found out that I that I was having sex and that. Um, but before then, like any talk, my parents were the kind of person, parents that like, if they ever saw me with a guy, even if it was a friend, like they, you know, they were like, oh, ya tienes novio, ya tienes novio. And I was like, mom, like parents, like I can have friends that are guys, you know what I mean? Like whenever they did bring up the topic of boys, it was like, you're too young, like you can't have a boyfriend till you're 18. No pues tener novio, you know, hasta que seas, yes, this mayor de edad. Or, so my sister's boyfriend would often like come over to our house and he would come kind of, my parents sleep really early. so. Sometimes they would like already be asleep and like he would still be over, but also like solo podíamos estar en la sala. You know we couldn't be like in rooms with our boy or with boys, so they would always be in the living room. But I guess that night my sister and her boyfriend had like snuck out when my parents had gone to bed, and they were in his truck and they weren't even having sex. But my mom ended up waking up. Yo que no estaba en la sala salió a la casa, salió fuera de la casa a buscarla y cuando no la encontró like. She went to my dad and she was like, hey, like, our daughter isn't here or whatever. Like, can you help me find her? He went, like, looking around her house. And he went around there and I guess he saw that my sister was, like, making out with her, boy- with her boyfriend in the car. Like, they weren't even having sex. They insinuated that. that can- I guess that kind of, like, led them to insinuate that she was already doing it and she did confess to that. So then they asked my sister, like, is your sister also having sex? And she told them, like, oh, well, that's, like, a question you have to ask her, which I feel like that was, like, saying, <laughs> I feel like that was, like, basically telling them yes. But then my mom approached me about it. Um, and I was honest with her. Um, so I ended up telling her yes. I think I was 16 when they found out and I started having sex when I was 15. So I lied to my mom and told her that I had started like that year when I was 16, just because like, and my dad to this day actually has like never acknowledged that I have sex. I feel like he never asked me about it. And I'm pretty sure my mom told him that I was having sex, but I feel like he's the kind of person that kind of likes to be in denial about certain things. Like if he doesn't acknowledge it, then it's not happening. So like he still doesn't talk about it. And for my mom, like when, when I ended up telling her that I was having sex, she was like okay like why are you doing this i don't want you to go into marriage um like you're too young like you know are you guys even taking care of yourselves all these things um and she also was just talking about like birth control stuff because she doesn't believe in you know for her it's like either use condoms or you don't and that's why she that's a part of why she thinks like you should wait until marriage because she feels like you shouldn't have to use anything she kept telling like you're not going to be able to have babies later on like it's going to mess up all your like your whole bodily systems and everything um and i think we kind of like we didn't even really like reach any kind of consensus or i feel like that conversation was kind of left hanging because she wanted me to promise her that i wasn't going to continue having it but i didn't i don't like lying to them even though there are certain times where i do because i know that i feel like they're not going to be understanding um but like in that case I told her, you know, I'm not going to be able to promise that, like, I don't want to, I don't want to promise you something that I know I'm not going to be able to keep. So it was kind of left just, like, in the air. Like, right now, I'm not on any form of birth control. I mean, I use condoms, but, like, I'm not on any form of birth control just because I, now I'm, like, really scared about, like, being, like, sterile later on because I keep thinking about it, like, damn, I've been on birth, I think I stopped taking birth control, like, last year. So I was on it from 15 to, like, 20, 21, I would say. So I kept telling myself, like, damn, like, I've been on something for six years now, like, it's gonna, it is gonna mess my body. I feel like that, I feel like once she got, not got over, but I think she finally, like, accepted, like, okay, she's gonna, like, she's not gonna stop having sex. The birth control thing is something that she kept pushing, like, she has been pushing since she found out that I was having sex. So I feel like that's something that definitely 
um, like that definitely played a role in me deciding to, you know, get off of anything that I was on. Even like to this day, I feel like there's just, because my mom has sometimes said, made comments like, oh, no son lo que, no están actuando como lo que esperamos, like this isn't, you know, or I don't know, I feel like it's a thing with like a lot of Latinx parents where like they put like our actions on themselves, like, oh, we're to blame, like we're bad at, we're bad at parenting. And I've heard like comments here and there where it's like, you guys aren't what I expected. Like we expected you guys to be like, you know, better, kind of like we expected you guys to be better than this. We thought you guys, we thought we instilled values in you guys that would like, you know, make you guys actually like to be absent, not do all like, you know, not drink, not do all these other things, like not use birth control. Like just a lot of things that, they, any kind of like thing that we do that's different from their beliefs. I feel like that makes them feel like we kind of fail or they feel as a parent, but it also makes them feel like we're like, not meeting the expectations that they have for us. I'm like, you guys place so much value on education. I feel like I've accomplished like, a lot of things outside family values that they hold. So I don't get why, like to me, it doesn't make sense why like, you know, me like having sex before marriage is like the thing that like makes me feel as a child when I'm, I feel like I'm still doing like a bunch of other good things. But yeah, I definitely feel like it did change their view of like who I am and who I am. They have mentioned this to us even like while we're in higher education you know like oh we for us it's custom to like live in the house until you get married and move out and they've told us that that's what they would have wanted but they understand well to them it's like u.s society is different so they think that it's like u.s society like putting no expression on us to like not follow like that their tradition but i so i think that would have been their expectation but i have talked to them about that and but we have talked about post-grad school and i have told them that there is a possibility you know if i that I might, I might even end up staying in Chicago for a couple of years after I graduate, um, just because I don't want to like come to the city and like learn at, you know, learn from Chicago, like learn from the city, like engage in the community, and then like just dip after I obtain my master's. Um, I definitely want to like give back first. Um, so I have talked to them about that, and again, I think for them, it's okay because it's related to my education and career goals. If it were just me telling them like, okay, I want to move to Chicago because I just want to move to Chicago, they, I don't think they would be okay with that, but. They understand. I was actually thinking of like maybe when I go home, um, trying to have a conversation with them because I do I don't want it carry on like that trauma either, you know, like carry on with that tradition of just not speaking on it and then later on like we're gonna like form resent or have resentment or like it's gonna be a weird relationship. So I'd rather just talk about it now. A lot of different things. So I did tell you that like, you know, um for them like talking about like homosexuality or outside of like heterosexuality it was not it was kind of taboo and i do consider myself to be bisexual but that's something that it's originally something that i thought that i would never tell my parents because i was like i'm like if i ever have a girlfriend like i'm just not you know so i'll just hide it from them like and i kept telling myself like that just means that i like my long-term or in the future like my long-term partner has to be like a man and i just won't ever have to tell them but i like don't want to like I said, I hate lying to my parents, but there are certain things that I like to or don't tell them about because I feel like they're not gonna understand. So I kind of just want to like stop that. And those are other topics that I want to address. Like so now like, I want to address my bisexuality and like um, I'm pretty sure that's gonna spark like a whole conversation on LGBTQ issues. I have a conversation on sex as well because recently my mom FaceTime called me and I I was wearing a sports bra and I had a hickey like on my chest and I totally forgot about it and she saw it. And I don't have a boyfriend right now, so she was like, what is that, you know, like, so she was basically saying, she just like kept questioning me about it, and she was like, you know what, like, we're gonna have to have a conversation about this later, and they're definitely, so once they accepted, or once my mom accepted, at least because my dad, like I told you, has not even brought up the conversation that I, that I have sex, but for my mom, like, when she accepted that I was like having sex, it's like only okay to do so if you're in a relationship, 
Well, for my for both my parents, it's, or for my mom, it's definitely like you have to get married and you have to have kids. Um, and I've told them this before. We can be very, very playful, so I, I feel like I've only mentioned it like when we're playing around. So I don't know if she knows that I'm actually serious, but I actually don't. I don't even know. If, I can't tell you like a definitive view of what I have on marriage because I don't know if I want to get married. I feel like you know, marriage is like, especially in what we see like in childhood, like in like Disney princesses or like in telenovelas and all that kind of stuff. Like I feel like it's ingrained in us that like marriage has to be a thing. Like you know, there's like a certain like um, family structure that you have to maintain. But as I've grown up, like I don't know. I don't know if I even want to get married. I mean, I do see myself like having like, you know, a long-term partner. But for me, I feel like, well, one, I don't like the way marriage was even started. Like, I feel like it was really just started off of like, basically giving like women to a man as their property. And I do not like that. So that's like one of the reasons why I wouldn't want to get married. And I also feel like I don't need a piece of paper, you know? I don't need the government to like recognize a piece of paper like in my relationship for like my relationship to be valid. Um, but I have to my mom playing around like, oh, like, no, no, wait, I said, like, I'm just gonna. So I have some aunts that, like, are in domestic relationships but aren't married. So I told them, like, no, my wife's like, oh, my God, I mean, you know, like, oh, my, like this other thing. Yeah. And she's always like, no, like, that's so, like, that's so wrong. Like, you have to get married. And also, like, I did mention earlier that they're, my mom's Catholic. So for her, there's also that layer of wanting me to get married or, you know, feeling like, for her, like, Casamos por el Civil doesn't really have a as much significance like you if you're for like the marriage to be valid valid you have to get that before la iglesia and that's definitely something like if i ever were to be married i definitely wouldn't do it through the church because i don't believe in the church and then i don't consider myself to be catholic either so we definitely have different views on that like on the marriage aspect for sure for the kids also like she already wants me at those and i'm like i think it's also because she's like yet the pasaste you know she had my sister when she was 21 she had me when she was 23 she did have my brother a little bit older but she's always telling us like and i'm like well my sister is in a relationship with my mom like i'm not even in a relationship like hold up and also i'm in school like i want to be able to like have a you know finish school have my career set before i even think about like think about that but i also don't know if i want kids and for me in an ideal world i would want to but with everything going on like I don't know if I want to bring, you know, raise children in this world that we're in right now. For me, I don't think that I need to have like a husband or wife or kids. Like some of the goals that I have are success for me. I don't know. I feel like it's just success is something that like, I'm always going to be constantly, you know, working towards. In my family, I am the youngest sibling. I have an older brother, and as of recently, I became an older sister. My age is 33, and I am the owner and founder of Mi Corazol, which I am calling Jewelry for the Resistance. My family is an immigrant family from Ecuador. My parents, they met because they were both pastor kids, so my family was always very religious. They are Seventh-day Adventists. My parents are still in that religion. So I sort of grew up as being fed this narrative that my father had come to the U.S. before us when I was a baby to make a better life for us. But what I found out later on, and a few years ago actually, it was that he was running away from his life in, in Ecuador. He essentially abandoned his wife and his two kids who were both under two years old. My mother, my brother, and I, we migrated to the States when we were five. So we were told that we were unifying again with my 
father. So the actual truth was that he sort of had this regret and really wanted to be with his family. So he made arrangements to make sure that we would come and be with him. We migrated and we left our stability and our extended family. But we were very close to, my grandma would watch us while my mom was at work. But then we came to the States and we were sort of completely isolated. Oh, uh, well, my relationship with my mother when I was a teenager was, um, it was not that great. I didn't like her. I didn't like that she tried to control me or that she was okay with my dad being mean. He was a very mean person. If he got mad, it was, he was like, it was almost this terrifying thing where he would yell. He would like had this deep voice and yell. He'd get this vein on his forehead. That was scary to me, but and it was also very intimidating. So it would like put us into place very quickly, but from fear, right? So I didn't like that, that she was okay with that. and. I really, when I was a teen, I didn't like that she didn't listen to me. She didn't try, like, you know, like, listen in a very deep way, right? She didn't try to understand why I asked certain questions, like why I was critical about religion or why I questioned certain things about identity. She, she didn't want to answer those things. So I think also I didn't trust her. Uh, I remember this one time when I was, I don't know, maybe 14 or 13. I told her about this crush I had and she told her friend who then teased me about it. And, and I was really embarrassed. So I never confided her again about things because I didn't trust her. So we just didn't get along. We had a lot of tension, mostly her trying to be an authority over me and me trying not to have, you know, governance over me. My mom, she talked to me about my period sort of all my life. Like it was never, even as a young kid, she would talk to me about my period. Body stuff was never like a shameful thing in our family. My mom was never ashamed of telling me things that would happen to my body, but I did find it uncomfortable the way she would talk about it. Like it was always this very serious thing that she would say, but at the same time, she made it really normal. But when I started my period, I, I was scared because it was such a serious thing, right? And I think it hadn't registered. I don't know if she just hadn't mentioned this, or that it just didn't register that I wouldn't have my period every day for the rest of my life. So when I got my period, I was devastated because I was gonna have this like bleeding <laughs> every single day for the rest of my life and that made me feel panicked. And then she explained to me like, no, it'll go away after you know a few days and it'll just happen once a month so when I came to tampons uh, my mom uh, wanted me to be comfortable like she she told me that I could wear tampons if I wanted to I really loved swimming so she told me if I wanted to use them to just ask her about them and I could use them myself so my mom didn't talk to me about sexuality uh, because I mean the variants of sexuality. She never talked to me about that. Uh, it was always like this thing that you aren't, that you that you don't talk about, uh, that you don't do because it's a sin. Uh, being gay is a sin. Being being attracted to this 
the same sex existed to you know different genders like gender wasn't even like a discussion right like it was always binary she did talk to me about birth control it, it was always wrapped around religion so she wanted me to wait until i got married but she knew it, it might not happen so uh, when I was a teen, I actually figured out that my parents got pregnant out of wedlock. It was always like, I was so shocked because that was not what she had been, you know, teaching me or telling me I had to do. So one time when I got my first boyfriend at 15, she gave me a, a, a condom and I was like, what the hell? Uh, and I like threw it down the hall. Uh, my brother was walking down the hall and he was like, what do you, what? I, I told her like, I'm not gonna use it. I'm like 15, you know? But then when I was 16, she gave me a patch, a birth control patch. Uh, I swore to her I didn't need it because I was not having sex, which was a lie. And then uh, I also told her I'd never seen a patch before but I was already using it. I was already on the patch and she gave me a month's worth of patch supplies. She got pregnant when she was really young. Uh, my mom didn't want me to get pregnant as a, as a teen because I guess it would have looked terrible to our community at, at church that I was this person having sex out of, out of uh, wedlock. And I think also she wanted more for my life than what she had. Uh, she, I think she was starting to go to college. She was 20 or 21. She had just started college or something in Ecuador. And when my dad and her got, you know, hooked up and she got pregnant, so she had to stop uh, going to school. So I think she wanted me to continue to school and making sure that I had other opportunities, especially as an immigrant having not wasting that opportunity in, in that way was what I assume very important to her. tell me about virginity um well there's virginity is you know i it's such such a loaded word but not because my mom told me about this word it was i remember the first time hearing this word was in elementary school when this kid was just pointing out girls and, and asking them are you a virgin are you a virgin and i was like what is that you know i've never heard that before uh we're not Catholic, so that made sense to me. That makes sense to me now why virginity wasn't like in our vocabulary. But I think it was always uh, in my family is always like this thing that was alluded to, but not using that word. You know, like purity or being. There was this workshop that my mom made me go to that was like this this woman in this in this like auditorium gave everybody lollipops and was like lick your lollipop now pass it to somebody else that's what sex is you don't want to taint your pureness or 
like you want to make the right decision about who your body is going to and, and it was just this very disturbing thing but I don't know if she ever talked to me directly about that word in that way. So the comments that my mom would make about my future and marriage and children uh, were very much about like in passing. Uh, she would say things like when you have children you'll understand or your husband will want you to be this way. And when she would talk to me like that, it would always make me so angry. She would say this thing that would oh, infuriate me, and it still does when I think about it. She would say that the wife is the neck and the husband is the head. It's some biblical thing, I think, and I hated that. I hated that so much. Uh, I didn't have the words for it then, but it, it was sexist, you know? Like, what the fuck is this hierarchy that she's talking about? It's why? And she would explain, like, the, or the neck is just as important as the head. Consider it to be, like, a privilege or something. It was just disgusting to me. It didn't make marriage very appealing. My parents were like really good friends. They're still really good friends. They're divorced, but they've been good friends their entire lives. They're just never supposed to be married. They, they were not romantic with each other. They were not loving in that way. So it's just a very interesting model for me to think like, oh, marriage looks like a great idea. Well, I mean, now also knowing about like the institution of marriage and all of those politics, it's just whatever to me. It's not appealing to me. Why I think my mom sort of straddles the line, the, the line between very conservative and also very progressive, I think it's based on her experience growing up very sheltered and, and conservative you know as a pastor's daughter there's like things you do things you don't do and things you have to control about yourself especially around sexuality and i think obviously she was having sex before she was married so she possibly she just knew it didn't work maybe she didn't have the vocabulary to to talk to me about it in a way that was she didn't know how to say like if you're gonna you know you will have sex out of marriage you know and that's okay she, like she would never say that but she, it's almost like she would allude to that by introducing birth control and uh but you know she would always preface that with you will do this hopefully when you're married my mother and i we do have conflicting views on a lot of things so many things uh, and even so now we even though we have these conflicting views, we've, we're closer than we've ever been. She's, of course, very religious, and I'm not. So she brings things, she always, everything that we're talking about, she brings it back to religion and, and God. And I'm not like that at all. Uh, like, you know, there's just, that's not where my mind goes. And whenever she brings things back to religion, it's sort of like, but you didn't hear me the facts you know like these are the facts and the science around this issue and <laughs> it, it does get heated that way so my version of the bible would be books by feminists queer feminist writers like audrey lord or bell hooks and hers would always just be the bible you know the bible 
so one thing that we are most conflicted or you know we have the most conflict around now is is my relationship with my partner Tina in my unbiased opinion it's hard to not love Tina <laughs> of course I'm biased uh, but she, she's just so great and my mom loves Tina but she and Tina and I've been together for close to six years and my mom wishes I was with a man you know she really wishes that my relationship with Tina maybe to end someday or something I came out to my mom when when I was around in my early 20s and she didn't believe me she thought I was being influenced by my peers or like the books I was reading or something you know she just thinks I was impressionable so she she's very stuck in this narrative of Adam and Eve and uh, gender roles and one time I had a really long discussion that turned into a fight with her this was maybe last year um, and it was about uh, she was saying something about like if you're a woman you're a woman and you like men and I had to sort of break down for her the difference between sex and gender and sexuality and this was this brand new thing to her and something I take for granted that I think that everybody has that knowledge but it's of course it's not true breaking that down just sort of like for her was like that isn't right the bible doesn't say that you know like it was almost like if it's not written in the bible then it's incorrect and just influenced by sin so we had this long argument about that it was very uncomfortable and I again didn't feel like she heard me and I think I have some hang-ups about whether she hears me or not like I it's just this thing from the past just always comes up that she's not hearing me because she doesn't agree with me and I think it's very hurtful too where she says you know it's almost like agree to disagree type of thing or because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I don't love you which is true but not about things like this not about like my happiness and who I love. Not agreeing with who I love is not agreeing with me. What I would want my mother to understand is that even though she says that she loves me, but she doesn't agree with me, this sort of chips away at the words love for me. It's hurtful. It, it says that even though, you know, she loves me, that I am incorrect or wrong or broken, that is that, that there is something wrong with me, that she views me as wrong which is hurtful. I want her to understand that I am not brainwashed and that being queer or being bi is not being brainwashed, but it's my identity, you know? Like, queer people aren't these, like, phenomenons. It's, like, it's a real thing, and uh, I just want her to be understanding of that. Alex Ramirez. Um, I'm 37 years old and I have three siblings. Um, two of my siblings have children. I do not have children. Um, I'm decidedly unmarried and decidedly child-free, but I'm the oldest. My experience with my family growing up as the oldest, um, it was kind of interesting because my siblings were from my father and so I didn't really grow up with them. I kind of grew up with my mom as an only child. Um, my mom's family was very traditional. Um, 
we grew up in church. Um, she was very strict and she was in law enforcement. Um, so that was kind of difficult to navigate, especially because I was always kind of, um, I guess you could say like I was a little more liberal than my family was. So I really tried to fit into that box of like how they envisioned my life going for me. I mean, as you can, as you probably know, um, Latino families are really traditional and um, especially like when you come from a church going family, it's like even more so and you get that pressure of when are you going to get married, when are you going to settle down, when are you going to have children, that kind of thing starting, you know, from the time that you're 17, 18 years old. Um, it was kind of intense, that pressure. As a teen, my relationship with my mother was um, difficult just because she was she was very strict and had certain ideas of how she wanted things to be. And I had my own ideas and identities of how I wanted to live my life. So we definitely bumped heads a lot. And, um, and it was difficult to navigate. Um, my mom never really talked to me about my period. Um, she was working a lot. So my grandmother kind of stepped in for that with me. Everything I learned about my period was kind of either at school or um, I, I remember the first time that I actually started my period. My mom was at work and I shouted to my grandmother from from the bathroom and I was like, Grandma, I started my period and she was she was freaking out. She didn't really know what to do. So she called my mom at work and my mom was like, um, give her a pad. <laughs> my mom actually encouraged me to wear tampons. Um, she felt like it was a lot more convenient than, you know, like wearing a pad or anything like that. So for her, she was, she was encouraging on that part. My grandmother didn't really have an opinion on that. <laughs> My mother didn't really talk to me about sex and sexuality. Um, that was a conversation that I more so had with my grandmother. My mom was very uncomfortable about it. I remember like when I did start having sex with my boyfriend in high school, my mother asked me, she pulled me aside and asked me, and um, I said, well, you know, I have a boyfriend and I'm in high school, what do you think? And so she was pretty upset about that. But my grandmother was like, see, this is why I tell everyone that as soon as your daughter gets into high school, she needs birth control. <laughs> my mother didn't really talk to me about birth control options or anything like that. I think in her mind, she rather would have thought of me as not having sex or not being like sexual in any way. Um, so for me, she never had any conversations with me about those kind of things. It was more so just, I, I kind of just learned those things by going to the doctor. Planned Parenthood was really great for me in that I didn't have any health insurance when I was like in my early 20s, um, late teens. And um, I just really appreciated the fact that they talked to me frankly about those things and I was able to find a resource where I could learn stuff about my sexuality and, um, you know, different birth control options without any judgment and just 
learning more about my body in that sense. Um, my mother did talk to me about virginity here and there. Um, it was more along the lines of you better not be having sex. Um, and you know, that's against God. You shouldn't have sex before marriage, that kind of thing. Um, for me, it never really registered as something that was super important. I was assaulted at a young age. So I already kind of felt like I was like damaged goods, I guess you could say. So I had sex pretty early in high school. And um, so it, it wasn't really something that my mom would have wanted for me. Um, my grandmother was a little more progressive when it came to virginity and sexual relations and that kind of thing, I think, because um, she was a single mom for a long time and her first marriage was kind of troubled. And that was like her first boyfriend was my grandfather and he was not very nice to her. So I think in her mind, she felt like women needed to explore more before they settled down and really and really just kind of decided on this is how my life is going to go with regard to marriage and and all of that my mother would bring it up often um i never really brought any guys home just because my family was so strict and i kind of had it in my mind that i didn't really ever want to get married so for me that wasn't really an option necessarily, um, but my mom would talk about it a lot and she would say like, oh, you know, when you get married, when you have children, and I didn't meet my current partner until I was 26. So all those years before that, like even just love in general didn't really register on my radar. I mean, I dated, I had boyfriends, but it was just not a priority to me. I was focused more on work and that kind of thing. And, you know, my mother would kind of be like, well, you know, when you finally settle down and I was like, mm, that's not gonna happen. Um, my mother definitely wants to be a grandmother, has wanted to be a grandmother, um, still wants to be a grandmother. Um, but that's just not really an option for me in general. Like I'm focused on my work. Um, I also help take care of my elderly mother-in-law and children's not really for me, I guess. Um, I'm also infertile. I struggle with infertility. I don't really struggle with it. It's fine for me, <laughs> but um, I, like, I feel weird saying that just because so many women are just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know how I could live without my children or, you know, you don't know true love until you have children. But that was never really an option for me. And I never really felt like I was missing out either. If it happened, obviously I would welcome it with open arms, but it's not gonna happen. So I'm not really that concerned about it. My mother absolutely does not approve of the fact that we live together and we're not married. Um, she definitely does love my partner um, immensely. She really enjoys the fact that like he treats me well and, and everything like that. But um, it's definitely a stick in her craw as far as the fact that we're not married. And 
she used to pressure us a lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, she used to pressure us a lot to get married and, and have children and things like that. And I just was like, it's not going to happen. You know, like we're pretty happy with the way things are. And, um, you know, my dad's been married twice. My mom's been married three times. Um, so I've seen a lot of relationships kind of unravel in that sense of like, you know, they get married and then problems arise and, and then things kind of fall apart. I just feel like if it's not broke, why fix it? <laughs> I'm happy, he's happy, we have a good life together and we don't have the added financial pressure. I definitely believe that the reason why my mother is so focused on marriage and children is a religious thing and just a tradition thing. Um, she's extremely conservative and um, so everything for her is like it's either with God or against God and I just don't think that God really invests that closely into our day-to-day -day lives you know like I think that there's like way bigger issues than whether or not I live with my partner I mean we're basically married we're very committed to each other we've been together for almost 12 years now and things are good so i i really don't feel like that's a necessity for me but i know for her she just i it's definitely rooted in religion and tradition the one thing that i wish that my mother would understand about me and um, my life i guess is that not everything has to be so binary or black and white. I think that it's important to understand that life can look different for everyone. It doesn't have to be a certain way or, or no way. And I think in that sense, you know, I wish that she was a little more tolerant and a little more open to to what my life is and how it is. Um, she's kind of removed herself from my life. Not completely, but like we have, we have a distant relationship. And um, so she's moving across the country and I've got a lot of mixed emotions about that. I, I think that the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway that I would love for her to just realize is that just because my life didn't turn out the way that she wanted it to, doesn't mean that my life isn't good and doesn't mean that I failed as a woman or as a person. I think in our culture, we tend to look at things the way that they've always been. And we kind of continue on with carrying on these traditions without really examining, is this good for the future? Is this benefiting? us as Latin women specifically because you know a lot of the things about our culture you know like we get married young we have children young that kind of thing it it doesn't really benefit us as women necessarily um, if we want to kind of buck that tradition so I I really wish that as Latin women, we would kind of open up our, our minds a little bit more to being more career focused and and maybe not focus so much on, on family stuff. Um, one of my mother's sisters 
She never got married. Um, she never had any children. Um, she's a radio DJ in, um, in Arizona. And I just always looked at her and thought like, wow, her life is so cool and she's so free and she's able to do all these things and travel and, and, and everything like that. And, and that's kind of something that I looked at and I was like, hmm, maybe my life might not necessarily have to look exactly the way that my mother thinks or my uncles think or my father thinks, you know? I think um, if we can open up our minds to like, well, you know, maybe I could just have a career and just be satisfied with that. And I don't necessarily have to focus so much on, you know, the traditional family dynamic. I think it would save a lot of us a lot of frustration because you know, we're so focused on like, oh, we need to find a man, we need to settle down, we need to have a kid. Um, not everybody's life turns out that way. And I think it's okay to say like, you know, this is for me, I like this, but I don't necessarily need to do that. And so I think as Latin women, younger Latin women, I would love for all of you to just realize that if your life doesn't turn out exactly the way that you thought it would or that your family thought it would it's not the end of the world um there's so many different ways to live your life and i think that however you choose to live your life and whoever it is that is by your side or not by your side that doesn't diminish your value as a person or increase your value you diminish or increase your value just based on your character alone We hope you enjoyed this episode of Nerdy Latinas Podcast. Please share us, review us, and send us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. We'd also like to thank our guests and Madera Once for allowing us to use their beautiful music for this episode. Please join us in the next episode of Nerdy Latinas Podcast.